uh, hey, I'm Pickles Drummer, doodly-doo, and I'd do anything for Death Clock, except listen to the Order 66 podcast. They are not brutal, they are not metal. Besides, our lawyers are going to sue that emperor dude for copyright infringement. I'm sewn back together. Peter's a poser. This is Rodney Thompson, game designer for the Star Wars role-playing game at Wizards of the Coast, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Execute Order 66. Greetings and welcome back to the Order 66 podcast. This is episode number 15. Can you believe it? I'm GM Dave. Oh, I, I can't believe it. What is up, Gamer Nation? I am GM Chris, and I just, damn Dave, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it either, believe man. We've been wasting 15 weeks of our lives promoting the greatest RPG system ever created. In the possibly, world. Probably in the whole world or, or in the galaxy uh, far, far away. That's right, man. Four (laughs) months of this. Four months of this. And uh, our listener base is growing, and we're really, really happy. And one other thing that we're really, really happy about is, finally, after much ado, we will welcome a third chair for this episode, Mr. GM Brev. How are you, sir? Welcome to the show. Uh, Just happy to be here. I'm glad I finally got all my technical difficulties all worked out. Thanks for inviting me, guys. (laughs) We're glad to have you here. And uh, for those of you who, of course, have been listening, uh, you know that this week we're going to be devoting some time to a discussion on minis, uh, which a lot of you have been asking about. And, you know, most people who do, you know, RPG, uh, you know, D20 playing often play minis because, you know, the the two are kind of, you know, I guess you could say interconnected. But we want to talk a little bit about um, really expanding your minis play. And some of you had some questions you posted in our forums. And Brev here, our uh, minis expert, is going to expound to no end. So we're uh, we're very glad to have you here. Well, thank you, sirs. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. And I'm, I'm totally stoked. Well, let's what? get going, man. I mean, uh, uh, I will tell you, I think uh, I, I was actually kind of shocked. Um, it's been kind of precise. Um, especially considering, you know, last week how, you know, there was the whole mix up, you know, and we had, we had to full on gamer actually got, you know, a, a postcard from right. Commander Cody instead yeah. of us. Right. Um, I actually had a, a postcard hand delivered to me this morning, um, by a squadron of stormtroopers. Can you believe that? Um, did they say they were looking for me by chance? Well, that's interesting. They actually wanted to know about where you lived. Um, it was kind of odd. They just seemed to kind of have the postcard with them. But, uh, you know, they, they were really interested to know where you were, what you've been doing in the past few nights, um, you know, any aliases you might have, stuff like that. You know, just random Imperial information. Right. They could okay. probably find him at Taco Cabana. <laughs> I hear he's at Taco Cabana. Quite. That's actually where I sent them, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, did, did they ever find you? Did they ever hook up? Uh No. No, I think they may have been um, fans. They probably wanted your autograph. No, you know my uh, my network of Boston spies actually helped me out. Well, it looks like here we've got a, a beautiful picture of uh, sort of a craggy mountainscape uh, with sort of a, a sort of falsetto darkness in the background, kind of a shadowy illumination, and it says, uh, "Welcome to Bothawui." Bothawui. 
Buffer movie. Buffer wow. wide, so. Okay. Cool. Well, let's check it out. From across the galaxy, it's time for postcards from Commander Cody. Dear GM Dave and GM Chris, greetings from Bopawai. Our platoonists travel here per request of the Emperor to provide support to Lord Vader. Search for some kind of stolen blueprint. The both and Spiny work here supposedly very good, and they don't seem to respond to our usual tactics. But Lord Vader seems to have a few of his own. This planet is covered in mountains with vast crevices and valleys, and, and at the bottom, uh, some of the nastiest local wildlife I've seen since my tour on Kashyyyk. Lord Vader showed us how holding a Bothan spy precariously over one of these mountain edges will usually get through to him all right. We can't use the force like he does, but we found an airspeeder and liquid cable dispenser. That works just fine. I'm getting to know Lord Vader a bit better too. He's a quiet type of Dark Lord. I complimented him on his helmet the other day, but it seems Oh well. We're leaving orbit tonight, apparently. Lord Vader has all the information he needs. I think I'll take time to invite him to polish his armor with us clones tonight, but he'll probably just go sit in his meditation chamber again. Well, if you guys get a chance to visit both alike, bring a climate's kid, eh? All my best, chaps. Long live the Empire! Your friend. Huh. Well, he kind of trailed off there at the end. I wonder how many Bothans died to get you that postcard. <laughs> Many Bothans, yes. Many Bothans died. Many Bothans died, most likely. I was getting a little General scared the way he was uh, describing all the crevices and valleys and the uh, nasty local wildlife down there. Started to sound like some ex-girlfriends I had. Oh, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Bada boom. Now, okay, dude, now, th- this is our show. If you're going to outshine us in the funny department... We're just not going to have you back, okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll tone it back. I'll tone it back. <laughs> Dave well, said something about shock value. I don't know. <laughs> we like the shock value oh, we love very the shock much, value. especially when it comes from force lightning, um, <laughs> which if Dave is not too careful, he may be on the receiving end of. You never know. You never know. You never know. But on to some real mail, um, <laughs> if we can do that. Are, are you comfortable with that, Dave? I suppose so. All right, scumbag, pay attention. It's time for mail call. All right. It's time. Yeah, I got nothing, dude. Our community is slacking. Big time. <sighs> you guys are slacking, man. You guys are slacking. I got one email. I got one. One from a guy who sent me an email before. And he actually sent it the Saturday before the last podcast. We just, you know, I didn't get it until after. So, dude, guys, send us some send us some questions, man. Shoot me a PM on the forums at www.d20radio.com slash forum. Shoot me an email at gmchris at d20radio.com or gmdave at d20radio.com. Or, Dave, what else can they do? Lose a line. You can call the Lusa line at 206-600-5872. Lusa, L-U-S-A. Leave your uh, bumpers. You leave us a yeah, we got us a no bumpers this week. We got like nine last week, and now we got none this week. Full-on gamers slacking. Yeah. I know. Yeah. See, we, 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 we let out the secret that he did like nine of the 14 that we got, and now he's <laughs> like, now he's, he took his ball and went home. 
<laughs> well, I'm sure he has somewhat of a life, you know. Not all of us can devote every waking minute to uh, Star Wars, although, you know, that that is the dream of many uh, a fevered mind. Oh, I know. Uh, but, but seriously, if you guys want to, give us a call. Uh, leave us a I Never Listen to the Order 66 podcast bumper. Leave us any questions. Shoot us an email, and we'll happily do our best to get it on the air and get an answer for you. And between that goodness, we're still waiting on that picture. I know, I know. Ooh, ooh. Oh, you know, yeah. Be careful, dude. <laughs> Be <right>. careful. <laughs> well, I got another email from Darth Steve. Remember Darth Steve? Of course. How can you forget? Yes. So Darth Steve sent me another email. He said, GMs, uh, you both helped me so much with my last question, although I didn't much like the answer. Ha ha. Uh, well, as what, my GM what, what, which was Which one was that me. one? Uh, that was the one where uh, with Rodney, you know, um, my, my GM's wrong. Please help me convince him otherwise. Oh, and then it wound up that he was wrong. It wound up he was incorrect, yes, yes. But apparently he took it rather gracefully. Well, he says, he says I come to you guys for help again. Uh, we started a brand new campaign two weeks ago with level four characters, and I wanted to make a grappler. So I rolled up a Wookiee soldier yeah! who uses expert grappler uh, with trip, throw, and martial arts one and two. And that's actually, I'll pause to say, a rather damn fine uh, build for a fourth level grappler. Especially there. with a Wookiee, yes. Steve. Most definitely. Um, we have two other melee characters in the party, uh, so I was throwing bad guys to the ground nonstop and doing great damage our first encounter, uh, while the rest of the melee party members had fun attacking a prone bad guy, which <laughs> is a very good thing. Um, but on our second encounter, we were fighting some dark force users, Ooh. and several of them had the acrobatic recovery talent, uh, which if those of our listeners who don't know is from the Jedi Guardian talent tree. Uh, and these guys were using this talent when I would throw them to completely negate my throw. Um, I was doing no damage, and I was much less effective. Can you use this talent to negate the throw feat? Is my GM doing this right? Okay, Steve. Um, there's no dev ruling that's really touched this, but in my opinion, there's really none needed. It's kind of black and white in the rules as written. Um, others, though, do disagree. And in fact, there's actually a heated thread going on right now um, in Gleemax, which is Wizards of the Coast official forums over this. Uh, and here's my interpretation, okay? Per raw. The throw feat, uh, which of course allows you to, to make a grapple check to hurl someone and, and do your unarmed damage to them and you know make them land prone. Uh, the throw feat specifies that your opponent does land prone and that when they land, you, they take damage. Well, the acrobatic recovery talent specifies that if any effect makes you fall prone, you can make an acrobatics check and, and just stay on your feet. Now, in my opinion, throw would certainly fall into that category. Yep. Okay, so somebody with this talent could use it to remain on their feet. So as long as these Dark Jedi are making their checks, you know, they're not going to go prone. However, I'm not sure why your GM is ruling that no damage is being done by your throw, okay? Because according to your email, you say, you know, you're not doing any damage with this. Throw specifies that when your opponents land, they take damage equal to your unarmed strike. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're prone or not, okay? If you throw them, you're doing your unarmed strike damage, period. Um, I mean, maybe they maybe they landed hard and rolled to their feet, you know, cinematically, you know, if you want if you want to consider the talent, you know, or wh whatever. But they still need to be taking that damage, even though they may not end up prone. Okay, so there's the answer to your question. Uh, yeah, your GM's kind of doing it right, but at the same time, you know, you need to be doing that damage and, and make sure you're doing that damage. Um, that you know, it, otherwise that would be a really freaking cool talent, um, a lot cooler than you know one with no prereqs that a first level Jedi can take. Yeah. So, hey. My two cents, and I hope that helps. Uh, I know it's a week late, so 
<laughs> uh, you guys, all of you out there, please send us your questions. We're happy to uh, happy to take a stab at them. Uh, search the intertubes and find dev rulings. Um, search the many frequently asked questions and random sites out there. There's all kinds of wonderful rules monkeys and lawyers who have compiled great stuff. Uh, Raving Dork, uh, one of our own forum members who maintains the FAQ over at Gleemax. Um, his uh, FAQ has a lot of great stuff. And uh, if we can't find an official ruling to one of your questions, we'll make up something good. Won't we, Dave? Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> now, Rodney, uh, when he was on the show, we asked him this question. And, Brev, I want to ask this question to you, okay? Okay. Have you been to Tatooine? I, I have seen, um, seen it. It's that, that, that uh, planet that's the farthest from, I believe. It's, it's, it's a good ways out there, but, but there's yeah. a reason to go to Tatooine. I'm not sure if you've seen the, the Holland advertisements for Watto's Bargain Basement. Um, oh, yeah. Is it, is it a little uh, flying frog-looking yes, guy, right? Yeah, looks like a glory, looks yes. like a frog, yeah. With the yeah, wings. He's okay. yeah. And fly, flying around. He's an interesting fellow, but he's got some great deals. And um, if you haven't been out there, seriously, I'll take you with me next time I go. It's, it's better than a flea market. But I went out to Tatooine this week, Dave, and boy, did I come back with something cool. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Java sent you and you get a free chance cube. Uh, we got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. Uh, what do you know? Uh... Oh, by the way, I did get an email complimenting us on the Sanford and Son. Yeah, oh, and I got one. Telling us to boost our audio level during that thing too, which oh. I just tried to do. So I got, it, like you I, did. I got it to minus nine dB. So hopefully, <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but I'm assuming it's pretty good. That means that dude driving in car should be able to hear it. <laughs> so dude driving in car, that was for you. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I would I would have had it, but you know I wasn't really prepared to talk about such things. Well, that's and, okay. Dang it! I used that's up okay. my I used up my eight words. Oh yeah, your eight-word limit for the show. Uh, Damn it. Well, that's that's okay. Well, you know you can't have every show perfect. All right, it's okay. It's yeah, okay. whatever. Well, check these things out, man. I came back with a pair of electro binoculars. Now, this is the accessory that even a poor Tatooine moisture farmer's nephew has. Um, amazingly, since it it costs a thousand credits. Um, yet, you know, young, you know. Young farm boys, you know, wanting to join the rebellion, seem to have a pair strapped to their hip, you know, to go search for lost droids and stuff. Right. Um, and the question is, is it worth the thousand credits? And I thought it was, which is why I bought it. And uh, I want to tell you why. Well, it's a pretty cool device. Um, it only weighs about a kilo. And surprisingly, it can do a lot more than just help you see farther. First and foremost, Dave, and I don't know if you know this, this is big. In terms of game mechanics, a pair of electro binoculars, I mean, it, it doesn't just let you see farther. It reduces your perception penalty uh, from a minus 5 to a minus 1 for every 10 squares. That's one of the big problems of perception. Like, for every 10 squares you are from the target you're trying to perceive, you take right. a, a minus, minus 5 penalty. Right. If you're in possession of these and you're, this, is, you know, this perception check is based on vision, then that moves to a minus 1. That is huge. So basically it... Uh, you know, bumps your vision five times. Well, that you know, for for similar penalty, basically, and that's wicked. 
This cool. alone makes it really valuable in the right circumstances, especially to the party scout. It's also, I mean, it's got, you know, you know, lots of fluff stuff, computerized info on range, you know, azimuths, elevation, bam, bada bing, bada boom. Bam. But in my, opi- bam. in my opinion, this isn't even the greatest function of the Electropinox. So why are they worth a thousand creds? Dave, why do you think they're worth a thousand creds? Dark vision. Dark vision. They give you dark vision. Yes, dark vision. The purview of only a handful of really crappy races. Um, they give you dark vision out to your normal range of sight. And there is another huge reason I think they are worth a thousand creds. They serve as a radiation detector. They can detect radiation. And if you have AGM, who, as he should, likes to pepper the party with proper environmental hazards, this can be an extreme mm. lifesaver. So for a thousand creds, not only is your perception much, much better, but you have dark vision, and uh, you can serve as the uh, canary in the cage when your party needs it. Ah, yes. Precisely. So it's, so it's like glasses with a Geiger counter. Yeah. The, okay. uh, with, with night vision, yeah. With night All vision, right. yeah, on top of that. With night vision. Because I heard vision. that... I was hearing about them that it's like on a wide if it's not widescreen though you can't see the, all the Tuscans. It's crazy. <laughs> well, you know I understand sand people walk in single file though, you know, to cover their numbers. Right. That is true. This That's is right. very true. Um I learned that actually from an from an old fellow out of Wados this past weekend. Um he was uh you know playing chance cubes with a guy just raking him for his money. It was hilarious. Right. Uh but um mm-hmm. yeah, just I like heard, uh, heard, yeah. I heard about it when I was at Tossie Station picking up some power converters. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, how, how were those power converters? Hey, I heard that was a. I heard they were. I heard, heard, heard they put on a good show. A girls, yeah, it was a girls' band, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it was worth staying on for another season, but, you know, you do what you can. <laughs> well, excellent. They won the Tatooine Idol competition. Oh, yeah, they did. Well, they're mostly Twi'leks, you know. I mean, as as we discovered, you know, from Cody a couple weeks ago, you know, it was a Twi'lek right. again this year that won the Mixed Galaxy. Hey, pageant. you could use the Electro Binoculars to uh, check out a couple of Twi'leks, I bet. I don't think they allowed them inside the uh, event. Probably not. Well, you know. Yeah, you know. Concealment. <laughs> Concealment, yes. <laughs> well, let's move on with the show. Um uh, GM Brev, we're, we're very glad to have you here. Um, we've had a lot of requests uh, from a lot of our listeners to talk about um, Star Wars minis, and uh, we really kind of want to really delve into it. We have some questions for you from some of our listeners, um, but first, man, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been been playing minis? I mean, uh, I mean, tell us a little bit about your your gaming background in this sense. Well, um, actually, um, first of all, I'm really excited to be here, guys. I've enjoyed the podcast and. And um, I'm very honored to be a part of it. In fact, uh, listening to it's really made me think that, gosh, I think it's time to maybe get back into role playing. So you guys are always so positive and so upbeat about it, and <laughs> got a, got a good sense of of what's going on. But you're talking way over my head, so I got to go get the book. I guess. <laughs> um, let's see. I started. Uh, I guess I started role playing uh, when I was a little kid because my brother didn't have anyone to to. Uh, let's see. This, how do how do I put this uh, PC like? He didn't have many friends to go play these role-playing games with. So, <laughs> so he taught me how to play Dungeons & Dragons and stuff, and he and his friends weren't hanging out. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, and so then we delved into Marvel superheroes, oh, Palladium. Oh, yeah. Wow. And then uh, uh, I, I found the West End Games version of um, Star Wars role-playing. So I really enjoyed that. Me and my friends played that. And so then a few years ago, I was standing in a comic book shop with one of my best friends, and it's all laid out for us. And this guy was like, hey, just come sit down. And I told my friend, I was like, Doug, listen, it'll, it, it's not, what could it hurt? It'll just be for a few minutes. We'll learn how to play this game. 
Well, let's just say that my wife had to wait on her engagement ring just so I could get more minis. So, uh, but she still <laughs> loves me a lot as she winks at me right now. Um, I do, I do love these minis a lot. They're, uh, um, uh, just a lot of fun. Um, it's not quite role playing, uh, which I do miss because I like the imagination that it takes to, to be a gamer for that aspect of it. But what I like about the minis is it's usually quick, short, you can get a game in usually in a couple of like maybe about an hour, unless it's a big one, then you can take a couple of hours. Um, it's based on the D20. So that's always nice. The rules are very basic and very easy. And then as the uh, pieces progress, though, they become more and more um, strategy-based and more and more squad-building-based. But you can really get a good game in with just some basic stuff. So, no, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. In terms of like the basic game design, I mean, this is this is very very much a tactical sort of combat, you know, uh, game. I mean, you know, I mean, you're, you're dealing with you're dealing with you know minis on a mat. You're you're handling combat scenarios. Yes, yes. Um, most of the stuff you don't, like I said, you don't. You're not actually role playing a character, right. so you don't need anything like um, use computer or perception or anything like that or bargaining or stuff like that. Right. It's it's mostly based on a, on a combat situation. So you have hit points to determine how long your character's in the game. Um, you'll have defense to determine how you know hard they are to hit and attack uh, modifier to add to the die to make sure you hit the person and then a damage to say how much damage you do when you hit them. So that's pretty much the basics right there. Now, um, the, mi- the miniatures you use, I mean, you say, obviously, you're, you're purchasing them. I mean, and uh, can you tell I mean, uh, our listeners a little bit about, you know, I mean, are these officially sanctioned? Where can you buy them? Uh, you know, how much do they cost about? You know, I mean, do you, do you paint them yourselves? Do they come pre-painted? Um, they, uh, they do come pre-painted. They are officially from Wizards of the Coast. You can buy them at any of your local game shops. Um, sometimes you can find them at Barnes & Noble or Borders or something like that. Uh, occasionally at Target, if you're uh, if they haven't been picked over already, so they're pretty easy to get. Um, there's usually there's seven to a case or to a booster pack, so it's usually one rare, very rare, two um, uncommons, and usually about four commons. So you can build yourself a nice little squad. They are randomized. I know some of the questions here is about that, so we'll talk about it here in a second. Um, and as far as how much they cost, um, you might as well be Faustian about it, and they cost you your very soul. So, uh, <laughs> but usually per booster pack is about fourteen ninety nine. Although the rumor is that they're going to go up in price, which is just unfortunate because I can't stop. <laughs> a slight addict, yes. A little bit. I'm getting the shakes actually right now, just thinking about it. I'm about to go upstairs and lay them all out and look at them again and how pretty they all are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're nine sets into this thing, and so there's about sixty pieces of sets. So with the next set, it's number uh, number ten. So I don't even like doing that math. Oh man, well, yeah. that's a heck of a dedication. Now we've had a lot of our some of our forum posters that basically said, you know, listen, I I purchase minis, you know, I use them in my in my art role playing games, but you know, I've never played minis. So I mean, can you go over some just basics of gameplay? I mean, how you know stuff like you know factions and you know basic pieces, squad building stuff like that, you know. Sure, be happy to. Um, basically, uh, the very basics of the game is what I explained when you have a hit points, your defense, your attack, and your damage. Everybody has those ratings right there. Every card has that the same. Um, very similar to the game in that sense, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, a lot of the special abilities, I'm doing some research between the two, the RPG and the, and the minis, and a lot of the special abilities sound like they're pretty similar. It's just one's... one's 
the one for the minis is put down so it's divided up into squares, and so everything's based on those. Um, so what happens is you usually get about 100 points, and you build your squad, because every character has, uh, has a point that they're assessed, how much they're worth. Like, an example, the first Han Solo is worth 28 points. So he would be almost a third of your squad, whereas uh, Rebel Troopers worth five points. So you could kind of build your squads like that, like um, how many pieces do I want in my squad? Well, right. Um, each of the characters also has the same speed. They have uh, they can go twelve squares and not attack, or they can attack and go up to six squares, or they can go up to six, six squares and attack. Sounds so, very. It's very uh, sort of a pared down version of the role playing game we all we all are used to. Yes, that's very familiar. Yep. Yes, yes. And in fact, I know there's some people out there that are able to incorporate the two of them in together, which I think would be awesome because it's kind of like uh, getting to use the whole thing. Um, what happens after that is that um, everybody gets to activate two people at a time. So it all starts off um, where you choose your faction. There's the rebels, the imperials, the republic, the separatists, the old republic now, the Sith, the new republic, the much hotly debated Yuzon Vong, and the Mandalorians. And then to cap it all off, you have your buddies, the fringe. Um, each faction, you choose a faction, so if you choose the rebels, you can only choose pieces that are in the rebels, or you can use some fringe along with it, which is nice if you want to <laughs> yeah, throw Boba Fett into your squad. Oh, I you thought you said French. Oh man, sorry. No, yeah. French. Yeah, kind of like a kind of like say, a catch-all. Why would you use French? My gosh, they never win anything. Well, that's the, <laughs> <laughs> the French. Oh. Apologies to our French listeners. <laughs> that is, unless they're fighting the French, then they might win. Yes, <laughs> that reminds me of a great uh, issue of the Ultimates. If you guys are comic book fans, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, I shall digress no more. Um, <laughs> So basically, the the fringe, the fringe, help out with each of the different squads, kind of like paid mercenaries, if you will. Ah, gotcha. Uh, and so it's a, uh, it's basically what happens is you you figure out your squad, you reveal your squad, your opponent, and then uh, you roll for initiative. Whoever gets the higher roll chooses who goes first. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you go first; you get to choose who goes first. And okay. Then you each everybody activates two people at a time. So yeah, I activate two. My opponent activates two back and forth until all the pieces are activated. Your activation, as I said, can it can um, it'll be either movement, uh, movement and attacking, and, or attacking and movement. And from there, you make attack rolls, and whoever the last man standing is the one that wins. So there's both uh, characters that have a melee attack, so obviously they need to be adjacent, and there's also characters that don't have melee, so they're shooting. So it's kind of it's one of the two as far as that goes, but there's uh, there's all sorts of commander effects, special abilities, um, and the force, of course, plays a big part into it that make each character individually uh, useful to your squad. And so it's really important that when you are when you are building your team, you don't just haphazardly just throw a bunch, a whole bunch of people in together and say, okay, there's my team, because a good player is going to sit back and probably probably win nine times out of ten because they built their team around a specific thematic. So there's a lot of synergy. Yes. Lots of synergy. Gotcha. So there's a lot I'll say there's a lot of strategy involved. There is a (laughs) lot of strategy and it's a lot of fun and um, one of the reasons that I like it so much is because it's a different game every time. Uh, You never know what your opponent's going to whip out on you. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Well that too. That can happen. Uh, Yeah. 
But those are usually uh, <laughs> drinking games right there along with it. Uh, but you never know what's going to happen against the other guys. And also the nice things. Most of, most of my games are drinking games, by the way. <laughs> well, um, then we are definitely playing minis, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of the nice things also about the game mechanic is like um, even on the characters that are awesome, they call them, they call them beat sticks on the boards, uh, like a Darth Vader or something like that, who usually can whip up on anybody that's, in the, that's on the board. Well, one of his main detractors is the fact he costs so much. So he's the majority of your squad, so you'll lose activations. So if you've got somebody has a whole bunch of activations because they've got lower level characters and and your opponent has Darth Vader, well, you know you're going to out-activate the heck out of him because he's got a big guy on the board. And even if he goes up next to you, there is still a 5% chance that he will miss because in the game, if if you roll a one, it's a critical miss. No matter what happens, you missed. Same thing in the same thing in Saga Edition. Awesome. So that will be easy for me to understand. I like that. Guy, you guys are going to get me to spend money on this thing, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> it is an inexpensive hobby. It will give you much enjoyment. Trust me. For the cost of for the cost of three packs of minis, you can uh, you you can you can join the fray. Oh, <laughs> so it's it sounds good. I I can't wait to get it. Um, but that's basically the, the the basics of the game right there. Um, okay. Well, if we have time, we really want to get into some like higher level strategies, you know, you know, picking okay. the right squads, you know, doing stuff like that. But we do want to cover some some uh, questions we got from some of our users, from some of our listeners. Um, now, I mean, I I gotta tell you, just getting into this, I mean, I've I've played Star Wars minis briefly, and uh, there was a time when I was playing a D and D skirmish, which is the Dungeons and Dragons minis, rather heavily, and um, when I uh, just it just kind of cracks me up. I see everything coming full circle. I mean, I I learned to game when I was a kid. Uh, from a, a very good friend whose dad was a grognard of the oldest school variety. And this guy, you know, played original white box Dungeons and Dragons back in the day. But before that, this guy was a war gamer. Um, I mean, an old school miniature war gamer. I mean, reenacting, you know, World War battles and, you know, part of that old school. And, uh, you know, I remember learning about how all role playing had its roots in war gaming, you know. Mm-hmm. And so as as we we get into this, and I see the popularity of of you know Star Wars minis and skirmish, and I see all these role players getting into you know what it, what I think of really is war gaming, you know miniatures gaming. Um, it's just I love it. I, I see everything coming full circle. It's very very zen like. What's old is new again, right? Yes, everything is one with the force, most definitely. <laughs> well, we have a few questions to get to. Okay. Um, so okay, you, you mentioned you know purchasing booster packs. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a bit, uh, and uh, you know, you say it's kind of a kind of an obsession for you. Well, we had a question from uh, Asa TJ, uh, one of our posters, uh, who basically said, "Dude, what's up with the booster packs?" Um, to quote him, he says, "I find it to be extremely annoying and unfair way of selling minis. I mean, take into account I don't play the miniatures game. I use them as pieces for my Saga Edition games to enhance combat. Why should I have to buy booster after booster and hope that I get minis that?" accurately represent the enemies, the players that I need them to represent. And, you know, basically, wouldn't it make it more sense for Wizards to sell packs of non-random visible minis, you know, to GMs like me? Or, you know, for you, I mean, maybe, let's say you have a, a minis player who wants, you're looking for a particular, you know, set piece to complete a squad, you know, or something like that. I mean, what's your take on on the random booster packs? Do you like them, you know? And, and are there any, you know, what, what's your take on that? Well... I, I can see definitely his point of view because it can be quite frustrating to have the booster packs be random as they are. And, I mean, you hope upon hope when you open up one that you don't get the unique that you already have. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I pulled Han Solo 
from a booster pack the first on the first set. It got to the got to the point where it was getting ridiculous. I, mean, I love him. He's a great piece, but you can only have one of them, so there's no point in having lots. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, the the reason why it was done like that, and this is how I see it at least, is a if if they weren't randomized, people would probably just buy the faction that they wanted. And they wouldn't experiment with other factions. They wouldn't see other pieces. And eventually you get schooled sitting across the table from somebody who is used a lot, utilizing something that typically the fringe have, a special ability that the, uh, the rebels and the imperials don't have. And, so, and the rebels have stuff the fringe don't have and the imperials and so on and so forth. And so if you don't learn how to use these other pieces, then you're not getting the full, the full scope of the game. And um, I mean that, that's, and you're not learning how to diversify your own your own self and your own squads. And what'll happen? I'll tell you, man. We used to play with this kid. He, all he wanted to play was droids, 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 droids. I could build his squad for him. It was so bad after the first couple times we played. It was <laughs> okay. just, it, it was just, it was just sad to watch him. We'd always build the same squad every time. Well. I'll tell you, man, you roll a Jawa out who does 30 damage against a droid who only has 60 <laughs> hit points. Ootini! That thing's gone in one blast. It's awesome. And it's just absolutely pathetic. And so he's wondering why he was getting schooled, why, why he kept losing. I said, man, you got to try something new. Try something different. I mean, diversify. the whole point. I'm sorry? It's a diversify. Diversify. I mean, the whole point of of the game is to strategize, is use different strategies. In life, you can't do the same thing over and over and over again. Um, the other part is, you know, to put it bluntly, Wizards of the Coast is not a nonprofit organization, so they're in it to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> they are. And, and God bless them. I mean, you know, they, they put, I think they put out quality products, so I don't mind spending my money on it. And we all know that George Lucas is, is okay with making a buck as well, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't think, I don't think uh, that's too much of a problem with licensing. No, no. I mean, I, I bought the. Uh, I don't know how many times I bought the original trilogy in some shape or form. <laughs> so. I even bought the stupid Lego games twice now. So I mean, oh wow, uh, oh, I yes, love- I've got them. I've got them. I got. I got a laser disc of uh, of Empire somewhere. Oh man, oh, that's Some, awesome. Somewhere. Somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now I know there are a couple websites out there that actually mm-hmm. sell non-randomized individual minis. Um, and uh, if you guys go to our forums, I know that there's several people that have posted that up in the mini section, and I'm sure you can probably just Google this to find it. Um, do you have any sites that you use preferentially, Brad, or do you usually stick with random boosters? Well, I usually start off any any set that comes out. I always start off with a random booster because it's just like Christmas. I mean, you're not you're not sure what you're going to get when you open it up, and it's just fun. It's just fun yeah, to sit back. And go, okay, who, who am I going to get? Who am I going to get? And then. Um, <laughs> But as after you spent your first hundred or hundred and fifty bucks, you go, okay, okay, I need to slow down here and go on eBay and see what I can get for three dollars, and that's yes. typically what I do. I go on eBay, I throw out some bids out there, and I'll try to find usually uh, some sort of a seller on eBay that has a bunch of them, and one's called a, uh, I believe it's A U S S I E, Aussie or something like that. He's got a really good. Um, a really good store, lots of stuff out there, and I was just uh, I was really impressed with the, some of the stuff I just bought recently because I bought a whole bunch of uniques and things like that for the price that it would have cost me for two booster packs. Got about sixteen pieces I didn't have. So, wow! If you're looking for specific pieces, that's the way to go. And if a lot of you uh, gamers out there and, and GMs 
are looking for things like stormtroopers, clone troopers, battle droids, things like that. They're selling them three to five at a time for a buck. Yeah, it might cost you three or four dollars in shipping, but if that's what you want, go do that. Don't I mean, buy I mean, packs. I mean, I know, I know. Just personally, I'd love to have you know two dozen stormtroopers at my beck and call. When, you know, when I'm running a game, I think that's that's brilliant. And uh, I also, I was doing a little bit of a net research, and I just also discovered that Gary Sarley, who's one of the designers of the system, mm-hmm. um, in fact, he, he's, his name is on the Starships of the Galaxy book, and he also publishes the Jedi counseling articles on Wizards yes. of the Coast website. He mm-hmm. actually runs his own website that sells individual minis. He sure does. I was looking at that earlier a couple of days ago. So kind of cool. So there are some options out there. It seems if you want to get away from uh, <laughs> from randomized packs, if you're not comfortable with it. But I don't know. It is it is damn fun. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, it's a lot of fun. You know, and um, it's not like Wizards didn't make money, so you don't have to feel no. too badly. It's like going to CD Warehouse or movie trading company and buying a a used DVD. The company that put it out there did make the money, so this you don't true. have to feel guilty about it. So very. Well, let's let's go on. We got a few more questions for you. Um, okay. Some getting a little a little specific, and some a little more general. Uh, right. We had a question from one of our posters, Infinity Doctor, and uh, maybe you can answer this. Maybe you can. I don't know if you've played Warhammer, but he says, you know, how does the minis game compare to other skirmish games like Warhammer 40k? Uh, you know, he says, which for my sins I've actually played in the past in terms of, of playability, tactical options, unit variety, um, things of that nature. Are, are you have you played Warhammer at all, or any other any other war games in the past? I have not, but I have appreciated watching people, and I swear, the painting is amazing. I wish I was that talented. It, it is impressive, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't, I don't have that kind of detail. My hands just don't work like that. Um, I will say though uh, that it, it looks like it's similar as far as um, if you understand the, the basic mechanics of of tabletop gaming, it looks to be pretty similar, although. It's far less complicated, from what I can tell. That was the turnoff for me with Warhammer. Is it was just you know, it was like uh, yeah, here's this game and it's uh, you know the most complicated thing ever and it's really expensive. I mean, you think <laughs> you think this is expensive? Warhammer is just insanely expensive. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think you're right on that. Um, I've I've done a little bit of Warhammer in the past too, and uh, I think I think there's. Not as many options as Warhammer, which is just insane. Mm. Uh, but then again, this is a relatively young, I mean, inter- when you compare it to Warhammer um, tabletop game. Oh, so yeah. So I, I think it's going to get there. Well, one of the things my friends and I have really kind of debated on recently, well, not recently, it's pretty much since the game came out, since minis came out, is starting, because all the maps are two-dimensional right now, and they all have artwork, which helps, you know, understand, okay, this is a wall, this is a low object, this is a door, this is a window, okay, what have you. But we... We've really kind of debated on do we want to start making those things in more 3D and kind of more to scale, and how cool would that be? Yeah, but that is probably the coolest feature. Yeah, of like of like BattleTech or, or or Warhammer and stuff like that. That's probably the coolest feature, and it seems awfully doable. I don't see why you couldn't. It would be pretty fun. It oh, seems yeah. like an easy thing. Well, we well, have the we'll movies be... right there, which help us with all the uh, all the different sets and things like you could do. So precisely, it's just a matter of time and uh, money. <laughs> which <laughs> two is of my some least of favorite words. <laughs> yes, two of my least favorite words: time and money. Two of my wife's least favorite words, actually. There you uh, go. Time and money. Um, well, we had a more specific question. Um, it okay. was posted actually some time ago from one of our forum posters, Lee Gage, and he had a specific question regarding uh, Splash Ten on the Golden Arms DF9 anti-infantry battery. He has a question about a specific mini. Great and, piece, right there. Great and, piece. Uh, 
Well, there you go. Uh, but he's basically, I mean, as he writes it, Splash 10, which is one of the abilities this piece has. Um, if the character's attack hits, all characters adjacent to the target uh, take 11 damage, save 1. Uh, or excuse me, or save 11, excuse me. Uh, if the attack misses, the target and all adjacent characters take 10 damage. So he's, is there an errata missing? Is this a bit confusing? I mean, to me, it sounds like, okay, so if the attack hits, the target doesn't take damage, but hit, but the adjacent characters do. And if the attack misses, then the target does take damage along with the adjacent characters. How does that work? Okay. This is an awesome piece. This is a cool special ability. And, um, and here's why. Because a lot of times, the, 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 the nature behind the ability will help explain what it does. Cool. A lot of times in the games, uh, especially when we first started playing, uh, when the when the whole community started playing, we'd, we'd clump our people into one area. So everybody would be next to each other. Benning, benefiting from commander effects, combined fire, so on similar targets, things like that. Splash damage killed that. Because what splash damage basically said was that... Okay, splash 10. Uh, if this character's attack hits, all characters adjacent to that target take 10 damage, save 11. So if the attack... If the... If the intended target is hit, the target will take 10 damage, and everybody around the target will take 10 damage unless they can roll an 11 or better with a 20-sided die. So you get a 50-50 shot. Okay. If the attack misses, it misses the intended target, but still the target and all adjacent characters still have to make the save. So basically what it's saying is this big beam came out of that gun and said... There's a 50-50 shot I'm going to hit all you guys. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's pretty damaging effect right there. It's, um, I mean, you can make a save to get out of it, but even if it misses, it's still got a possibility of hitting you. Okay, and so if, but if, if you succeed, the target can't save to, to avoid the splash. Correct. But if the you miss, the, tar- the target has the option of saving. Yes, if, you, if, you, if he misses... Everybody gets a save to not be hit. If he hits, the target's still hit. Everybody around him has a chance to not be hit. Gotcha. Okay. Well, oh, that, man. That you should just see these, these stormtroopers and battle droids and clone troopers just get wiped off the board when that thing starts flashing around. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. It's mass carnage right there. <laughs> mass carnage. We love, oh, mass, yes. love mass carnage. Uh, okay, we have two questions uh, from okay. one of our forum posters, Darren Varson, who first wants to know, what does the Order 66 descriptor on the card mean? I love that, that one. Mechanical? I'm sorry. I'm sure you do, Dave. <laughs> I, I do love that one because I used it the first time I played minis. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> well, entre, gentlemen, please share. I think it's named after the podcast is what I understand, right? I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I think that the guys at Wizards said, this podcast is so awesome. We're actually going get to get in our DeLorean, use the flex capacitor, go back to 1985, go back to 2006, and redo it real fast. I wouldn't put that past Rodney Thompson. So, uh, yeah. All they need Rodney. is 1.21 gigawatts, my friend. That's 1.21 gigawatts! What the hell is a gigawatt? Or just a bolt of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's. I'll answer the question before the Libyans get me here. Um, all right. Order sixty six is a neat special ability. Dave's right. It's a really cool one. Uh, it, hello, it was McFly. Another, hello, hello, McFly. McFly. Okay. Sorry, McFly. Hello, McFly. <laughs> Your shoes untied. It's a great move. 
<laughs> so uh, thing, like a screen door on a battleship <laughs> screen door on a submarine you idiot <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh, okay yeah um order 66 was a really okay that that came out obviously with revenge of the sith right first time we heard the phrase order 66 right you guys know that right um, who am i talking to okay on the as far as the minis go uh, the designers needed some way to incorporate the um, the clone troopers and the Emperor. Well, you really can't have Darth Sidious as a part of the Republic fighting alongside Mace Windu, right? That just wouldn't make any sense. Right. But you had to be able to get the clones into the Imperial side. Okay, so, so you're saying they're, they're a part of the Republic faction, but... Mm-hmm. They can you, be had to, you had to find a way to make them part of the Imperial faction as well. Exactly. Right. So what they did is they invented this special ability. Actually, I think it's Commander Effect for the Emperor, and it's a special ability for the clones. And it's retroactive, actually, to any character named Clone Trooper. Or you can just assume any piece that has a Clone Trooper on it which has Order 66. And it's really pretty neat, because what Darth uh, Sidious, Dark Lord of the Sith, is the piece. Um, great piece as well. Uh, he has a Commander Effect which basically says that pieces that have the special ability of Order 66 could be in this character's squad. It also says that characters that have Order 66 cannot target this character, so they can't attack him. Ah. So, so let's just say... So, so the basics of that mean that you can roll out an Imperial squad with, with Darth Sidious, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you can have clone troopers with him. Fantastic. That's awesome. Because that opens up a door. It was basically the first piece that allowed cross-factioning for, for the game, which has since then just taken off. You have, and there's not that many pieces, probably about 10%, no, less than that. Probably like 6 or 5% of the pieces in the game can cross-faction like that. But his was the first, and his was, it was just game-changing. Because you could have clones fighting clones, you would have just, just as well, clones couldn't attack the emperor, so you can throw the emperor on up, and the clones can't shoot at him. So we just sit there, and he can, and he can attack them all day long. So that's kind of sunk. Um, so it was just, it was really pretty cool. Um, but what, what was also really neat was watching another special ability, and I digress for a moment that he had called betrayal. With betrayal, he, uh, if you roll the one against him, your piece actually went to the other player. So oh, you're, no. you're, you're, you're the, other, the guy with the Emperor actually took you over your character. <laughs> Too many God. times, you know, at a, at a critical moment, you'd be playing against this guy. You roll a one, you'd be like, oh, man, that's no good. Yeah, that would there, piss me off. Something there goes me. my Mace Windu onto the dark side. So, oh, I mean, it was, just, it was craziness. But now, great, great I, piece, great piece. If I understand also what you're saying correctly with Order 66, where... So let's say I'm I'm I've got an imperial faction, okay, mm-hmm. and I've got I've got uh, Sidious, and I've got a whole crap load of clone troopers, and I'm fighting. Uh, let's say, or I'm playing against someone who has a uh, a Republic faction, mm-hmm. and he's got a crap load of clone clone troopers. They can't attack Sidious. Exactly. In fact, we had a situation where a friend of ours uh, rolled out a team that was all clone troopers, and they, it was a good squad. It was a great squad. Our other friend pulled out a squad that was Imperials, and he had Darth Sidious and all clone troopers. Game was over. Yeah, no because 
because the guy with the Republic squad couldn't couldn't there would be no way for him to win because he couldn't attack that piece. It was it was just like a okay that was fast guess we'll do another game now so it was just insane but it was uh I mean that's it's just it was just a game changing piece right there oh wow but that's that's what Order sixty six works that's fantastic well mm-hmm. thank you for that um <laughs> moving on we got we got a few uh, kind of random questions to kind of kind of. Uh, move towards the end of end of our discussion with um kind of you 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 have a lot of minis you handle minis frequently you get them out of the package frequently you're an avid collector we've mm-hmm. had a couple people that have talked about um uh we, we, basically one of our posters infinity doctor said you know uh, he's got a starship a starship minis collection that includes a couple star destroyers um both of which annoyingly bend upwards at the front um and a few other ones and i know i've gotten minis out of packs where you'll have you know the plastics just bend at a really awkward angle or the mini got smushed and it seems like you can never get it to look right again is, is there any way that you have found in your expertise to reset the shape of a mini? I mean, uh, you know, Infinity says, you know, he's tried a hair dryer to heat up the minis, you know, followed by rebending and dunking them in cold water. Um, but the new shape just doesn't seem to hold. There is some great articles going on on Wizards right now, and I, I applaud them for doing this. Is they, They've really gone to a lot of the posters on there and said, you guys have some awesome customs and awesome ways to reset minis that have been bent just from, you know, from travel, from, from shipping. You know, it's going to happen. Or, you know, you, you, your buddy accidentally bends it. You didn't mean to. Lightsaber might break off. Who knows? Lots. There, there are several good articles. I think they're on their 15th or 16th, so they're trying to set pace with you guys. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Um, with uh, with redesigning or putting your minis back together again. Um, on a very basic level, I believe what you... I have not actually done this, but what I believe that you do, from what I've heard, is that uh, you could... You, and I could be wrong, so do your research, kids, before you do this. But this is what <laughs> I think happens. And uh, also, if you are if you are a kid, you might want to get your parents involved, because it does involve boiling water here. And I don't want to be the cause of all that. So no, anyway, no. You, you get a, you get some boiling water. And you put your minis in it. Your one mini at a time for about ten to twenty seconds, so it gets nice and kind of loose because it is it is it is a hard plastic, but it will will loosen up there. Then take it out, have gloves on, bend it the way you want it, and then put it in the freezer for just a few seconds. And it's supposed to freeze in position. That is what I have heard. God, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna try that tonight, man. You gonna try that tonight? <laughs> I mean, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a Twi'lek, uh, or excuse me, a, uh, um, a Zabrak uh, female that's all bent out of shape right now that I is annoying the heck out of me. I'm gonna try that tonight. Awesome. And, uh, but I'll definitely go to uh, to the wizard site first and, and take a look at it. Well, very cool. Well, and, now, and you, I would suggest mentioned- that, that whatever you do, I would suggest that you definitely, definitely try it on a common piece first. Like a stormtrooper or a Zabrak fringe, as you're talking about, don't do it on your Darth Vader. Practice before you do that. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to go back to eBay paying thirty bucks for that guy. Trust me. Now you mentioned they talked about you know uh, customization of minis as well. Now mm-hmm. I know some people. I mean, when you buy the plastics, you know, from Wizards, they come pre-painted. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you ever paint your own minis? And if you do so, does that invalidate them from like tournament play? I think return of a play it might, but not from local fun play. I mean, All right. what we what we've done before is we've got a buddy that kind of kind of dabbled into that, and he made a squad, and and we all looked at it, and he even took our advice on it. We we all and he created brand new characters by doing it. So. Uh, he even made the little stat cards and all that, and we we all looked at them and said, "Hey, you know, those seem fair, point wise, special ability wise, cool." So we play them with our friends, yeah. But I mean, 
if if you're going to play in a tournament, they're not going to be tournament allowed. I mean, we're talking uh, DCI rules are are so right. crazy as far as what you can and can't do anyway, and what maps are appropriate. I mean, some of the even the maps that have been produced by Wizards aren't appropriate for DCI tournament or approved. I guess is the word I should use. I'm, I'm but, also uh, familiar with that with the RPGA. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. I guess. Oh, this means this book that you wrote and and published is not allowed. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but as far as those go, I mean, I've seen some great work uh, both on the website and some of the stuff my my, my friend has done, and um, I mean just some some really good stuff. Unfortunately, as I said before, I I cannot I do not have the ability to paint like that. I mean, I was 16, I don't have the time to paint like that myself. I was 17 years old before I learned how to take a bra off, and that was after mom showed me. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just not that talented with my fingers. So I better stop. <laughs> I think uh, I digressed too far. You di- digre- well, you know what? Digression is what makes this show fantastic. So <laughs> d- digression is fine. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Well, I, to, to kind of wrap up, we because we, we kind of got to get a move on, I got one more question for you. All right. Um, I, I'm actually curious about this because this is something I don't know, and it was echoed by Darren Varson on our forums as well. Is there a difference between the Star Wars minis game and the Star Wars Starship combat game? Because I know that there's a Star Wars minis and such for, you know, the people use for the role-playing game. And I, you know, I know how that works. I've played that. But I'm also seeing the Starship battles where you can buy boosters that just have the Starships in them. Are these two separate games? Can you use them together? Do they hold tourneys for the, for the Starship combat and stuff? What's the deal with that? They are two separate games. They're kind of based in the same sort of mentality and the same sort of idea um whereas you have a miniature replication of something famous and you battle it out across each other on a tabletop map d20 die all that sort of stuff um one of the major differences is is uh and from what i understand the starships is there's it depends on where you're angling at somebody and which side of the ship you attack on oh wow uh from what i understand is that that way that depends on how much damage you're going to do how much shields reflect Things like that. Whereas the minis, your piece is on the board or it's not. There's only one piece in the minis that it matters which way it's facing, and that's the at-at, which gets used very rarely anyway. Um, but that's the only piece that it matters. The ships, it does matter. Um, I guess for me, mentally, and Dave, you'll probably can back me up because you always talk about physics, is that it's hard for me to grasp in a three-dimensional thing like space where you could be any angle you want to be how you can have just one basic tabletop and say you can't go above or below this line. <laughs> yep. That's, well, I can't it, grasp that. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, okay, listen. When, if you watch the movies, they uh-huh. almost do that in space. I'm serious. You see, like, this line yeah. of Star Destroyers, and they're all on the same lateral plane, and I'm like, huh? Why aren't they coming from the top? I don't get it. Um, so, well, like, hey. you know, if I'm watching Master and Commander, I understand, because we don't have <laughs> right. that technology yet. But in space, come on, you know the starfighters are whipping all around and all that. And I believe uh, now here, here I'm going to throw out my my knowledge of the role playing here a little bit is uh, I believe the Star Destroyer only has a, a top arc, whereas the Mon Calamari frigate has a, a 360 degree arc. So if I was the admiral or a captain of a Mon Calamari, I'd be going all over the place underneath that Star Destroyer. I'll tell you what. But I can't, I, I can't. Um, there are tourneys played all the time. Just ask your local game shops. Usually, the best thing to do, and uh, ask them. Most of the managers of that place know who know who their customers are, and they also know who buys the stuff. So usually, they'll be able to hook you up with somebody. 
and they'll say, you know, well, we, we usually play this game on Saturdays or Wednesdays or something like that. So come around next time and, and we'll get you in on a game. Because if anything, it means you're in their store and it looks busier. Wicked. Well, I mean, yeah, so, hey, I say support your, you know, your FLGS, your, your fun, your friendly local gaming shop anytime you can. And yeah, I, I've just, I've seen that if there's some odd game you want to play or something that's not out there, if you ask them, they'll order it. They'll set it up. They'll, I mean, what, you know, anything that draws business to their store, I mm-hmm. mean, do it. Do it. Absolutely. Well, dang, Brev, thank you for taking the time to answer all those questions. I'm actually, I'm kind of pumped. I, I really want to get into minis play again. I mean, you talk about you wanting to get into, into, into RPG play again. I really want to get into minis play. And, uh, I mean, purchasing minis complements my, my role playing. So I see no reason not to take place and not to take part in the minis game as well, since I have minis anyway. So I'm I'm anxious to do it, and um, I know that you know we're probably all going to hook up since you live in this area, um, just for some uh, some role playing in the near future. But I see no reason why we couldn't hook up and then maybe have a little bit of uh, a minis fun before or after. That sounds like a champagne jam. Hey, I'm down, I'm totally down. Hey, let me let me throw us in reverse for just a second, and um, I. S- Chris, I just sent you something. We're going to pull the curtain back for a second. Um, Lee Gage, can you read what I just sent you from him about ease of play? Because this kind of turned into a little discussion with my daughter as well. Oh, yeah. This is really good. I saw this a little while ago, Dave. Um, And maybe you read this, um, Brev. But Lee Gage, um, he was one of our forum posters, and he posted this. Um, He talked about how, with minis, he says, um, uh, says, my six-year-old daughter and I, we, we just love them. And uh, she understands the basic skirmish rules, but she she really loves to build adventures. And apparently his six-year-old daughter spends hours looking at all the different characters and then drawing maps based on the galaxy tiles, which he finds to be a good product. Um, And then we pull out all the appropriate cards, put a few characters on the starting tile, and she says, you're standing at a front door. You don't hear anything. Um, The adventures usually center around rescuing a droid who has special information or a pilot who was shot down. He says, I know some folks, uh, you know, mock Wizards of the Coast for their corporate practices, but given how easy it is to buy Star Wars minis, how cool they look at the table, I'm a fan. How can you put a price on spending a rainy afternoon in a galaxy far, far away? So you you, you can't put a price on that. Um, I mean, Lucas created this wonderful universe for us. Wizards of the Coast has made it into a great game, attempting to capture that magic. Um, I don't have any kids yet, but my 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 intention is that one day we're going to have some. <laughs> and uh, I totally want to teach her how to play this game. Uh, we have some friends that, that do have a seven-year-old who's been over here, and I kind of showed him and his dad uh, how to play, and the seven-year-old was getting it. He's a smart kid anyway, but he was really he, he was already grasping on the basic fundamentals of the game. And for Lee's daughter, I mean, Lee, you definitely need to get that kid and keep that creative mind going. So you've got a future writer on your hands, and if you play it right, you're going to retire off of her. So keep it <laughs> up, sir. <laughs> man, let me tell you, that's, that's very, that does my heart good. Lee, keep them going, man. Keep them going. Excellent. Well, Dave, what do you say we move towards uh, the D20 docking bay? But before we do, I think we've got a couple announcements. Um, first of all, uh, we are going to be continuing uh, next week's show. Um, we're going to continue our prestige class discussion uh, with uh, one of the most lauded and, at the same time, one of the you know, most used prestige classes in the game, the Crime Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also a small story I want to share. Um, you remember, like, uh, and, and keep in mind, guys, all all three of us, you know, um, Brev, Dave, and myself, you know, we live in the Dallas area. Um, we got hit with some really hard, hard, hard storms in the past few weeks. 
and uh, we lost power at my place. And I'm literally sitting at my computer. Um, I'm working on a game at about 11:30 at night, and the power just just pew, it dies. And I don't have a flashlight near me. I don't have anything. It's pitch black. Um, I put my hand down next to my computer. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. I put my hand down next to my computer desk, and I reach for the first thing I can grab, which is literally my Master Replica's uh, uh, Darth Vader um, lightsaber, uh, which I have right here. You know, the, you know, the, the <laughs> one that you know, lights up and glows and does all that, and uh, use it as an impromptu flashlight uh, for approximately 30 minutes. And um, it worked pretty well. So if you guys haven't seen these things, um, and those of you who may not know, um, I, I was telling Brad this earlier, and he, he was kind of shocked by it. Uh, Master Replicas, as I understand it, lost their license with, or, or, or their license was not renewed um, with Lucasfilm Limited. So Master Replicas will no longer be producing any uh, any items. Um, I had a buddy who bought a Boba Fett helmet just at the last moment. Um, but as a result, um, maybe as a re- maybe in, in, re- in response to this, um, we're gonna you guys can find a link that we're gonna have on our website to a really cool retailer called ThinkGeek.com, and ThinkGeek's got a lot of really geeky products on there. But what they do have um, is a build-your-own lightsaber, a DIY <laughs> Force Effects lightsaber kit. Um, it is $99.99, which was actually the cost for one of the Master Replicas, but it comes with dozens of components and pieces where you can make your own hilt and make it look really cool, um, and a blade and all that that lights up with the sound effects and all of it, and you can switch the color of the blade on the fly, uh, red, green, and blue. And it's totally wicked, and I've actually got one on order just because I want to build my own lightsaber. Geek. Again. Yeah. Does it so, come with uh, special crystals to uh, to actually make it? I uh, was just about to ask about the fourth crystal. No, that's in the <laughs> that's in the Kotor edition. Okay, um, uh, which which will be released, I'm sure, in conjunction with the uh, Knights of the Old Republic source uh, book course, uh, yeah. that Rodney told us about, you know, later this year. Right. <laughs> Got to watch out for those rat ghouls. Yes, yes, rat. Ugh, ugh. I hate rat ghouls. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure they're going to be in the um, the Threats of the Galaxy book coming out next month. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> And uh, lastly, one more thing to promote shamelessly. Also on ThinkGeek, you'll find a link on our site. Um, I like Rock Band. I'm sorry. Flame me if you want. I like it a lot. I love Rock Band. And and, uh, they have taken Rock Band and Star Wars and combined it into quite possibly the coolest T-shirt I've ever seen. And you can find that T-shirt on ThinkGeek.com. The link is on our website at Order66. Excuse me, me, at the Order66 podcast website at D20Radio.com. That Rock Bands might might be one of the best party games of all time. Of all time, definitely. Of all time, it's of up there with Mario Kart <laughs> and the original GoldenEye. It's just okay, guys. You gotta gotta leave my house. It's four in the morning. The rocking's over now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It rocks. Well, Dave, do you want to move into the D twenty docking bay? I suppose we can do that, but you know what that's going to require, don't you? Well, I'm a little worried, actually. Um, I mean. Uh, after last week, I, I, I'm I'm scared, man. Do we want to keep employing this guy? Hey guys, I'm starting to get a starting to get a bad feeling about this. Yeah. Hey, see, Darren, <laughs> screw a you. I didn't say it. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, all right. TK four two uno. Are you there? See, Hi, how you doing, man? I'm on time this week. Woo! In a manner of speaking. A, what you what, what you mean by that? Oh, sir? you stupid clones are the same. Oh, I, 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 I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> See that? 
Yeah, that was a joke right there. Hey, you remind me of our current president. You know that? Uh-huh. You mean the emperor? Oh, no, sorry. No, yeah, yeah, no. Not that guy at all. Anyway, yeah, not the one that brings down his, uh, his tyrannical vision onto the world. Not that one at all, right, Dave? That's right. That's right. But how do you say nuclear? Nuclear? There you See, there you go. That's perfect. All right. Thank you very much. Where are you uh, this week, buddy? Oh, I'm, I'm on Camino, man. Camino? Oh, yeah, man. I'm on Camino, man. They got all these cloners down here, son. What are, you, are you getting a taste home. for your... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you getting a... Are you, the, the hard strings are pulling you home or something? What the heck? Okay, oh, I had to go back for some training. It's kind of embarrassing to talk about, really, man. But I, I'll never quite finish my my clone high school class, and uh, <laughs> I got to go back for for my galactic equivalency diploma. <laughs> it's a GED. Wow. That's what they call it, yeah. But I'm I'm studying up real good, man. The old professor, he's in town, man. He's been teaching us something fierce, man. You know him, that Janger Fett. Janger Fett, yeah. Yeah, we might have heard of him a couple of times, actually. Oh, his man. his kid looks a lot like him. Yeah, his kid really does look like him. Well, I guess um, there is a familial resemblance, I think, um, when I take a look in the mirror sometimes. But, you know, I don't think about that stuff too much. But oh. Let me tell you something about Janger Fett, man. He is just a crack shot with a pair of blaster pistols, son. Yeah, he is. That's what do wielding will do for you. Belt, man. He whips him out. Pow, 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 pow. I mean, if I tried to do that, man, I'd blow a hole in my boot. <laughs> so is that what you're training for? Well, kind of. You know, that and, you know, like, uh, you know, counting above 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the hard things for clones, I know. Is that well, even needed know. in a D20 game? Uh, a D what now? Nah, never mind. He doesn't know anything about that. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I don't know much, man, but I do know that, man, them two guns are really cool, man. I won't keep it up. I think maybe in time I can get good at it, but whew, that's some tough stuff right there, son. Some it tough is stuff. tough, but it's worth it. When you learn it, you become a badass. Uh, I, well, if I can be like a, like the old professor, I would be a badass. You better believe it. Well, Listen, yeah. Holders, I got to study. I, I got my exam coming up, and, uh, you know, I want to do well, so I'll, I'll talk to you, Holders, later. All right, man. Well... We really appreciate it. Last time I understand you failed your urinalysis, so you better go ahead and study. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't want to fail my urine test again. All right, buddy. Take care. Later, folks. Bye, TK. Goodness gracious. Oh, he, wow. he was hey, the, good for him, man. Going back and, and getting his GED. He was a little bit more verbose this week than last. Well, he's been studying. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a week. Eh, he'll get back, get a couple of... A couple of you know tossbacks of uh, of uh, of Trandoshan and Alien, and he'll be he'll be uh, raring to go. go. All right. Well, you want to step into the bay? Let's step into this week's D twenty docking. D twenty docking bay hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. Well, thank you, full-on gamer. Uh, your request is this week's D20 Docking Bay. And uh, for guys who are listening to the cast and like to 
have us talk about something specific on the D20 Docking Bay, you can make a request on our official forums at d20radio.com slash forum, where you will find a thread in the Order 66 requests board for D20 Docking Bay. And this week, we're going to be talking about dual weapon wielding. In particular, Full-On Gamer wants to really, us to really delve into, into dual weapon wielding, um, how to make it, how to break it. In particular, as he put it, is it nerfed or is it enough? And uh, we really want to kind of delve into that. Now, Dave, um, you've have you ever made a dual wielding character? I don't recall. Or have you no. just been huge melee characters I'm, with like the yeah. two-handers? I'm usually, yeah, your two-hander, your Jedi Wookiee guy or, you know, Wookiee soldier, whatever. It's it's not easy to make a dual wielding character. No. Um I mean it's really not. You take a look and you're like, wow, okay. Um, it, it's really not. So let's talk about some of the dual wielding basics. Okay, now in in Star Wars Saga Edition, wielding a weapon in each hand. Okay, i.e., actually attacking with both in a single round. Um, there's several requirements. First of all, it requires a full round action to do it, which is similar to previous systems. And doing it gives you a minus ten to both attack rolls that round. Ow. That is huge. Now, there are three feats, uh, Dual Weapon Mastery 1, 2, and 3, which reduce this penalty drastically. Um, Dual Weapon Mastery 1 reduces the penalty to minus 5, so minus 5 to both attack rolls. That's still pretty nasty. Um, Now, it will remain as such until level 6. Level 6 is the earliest level you can pick up Dual Weapon Mastery 2, which reduces the penalty to minus 2, and if you're badass enough at level 11 to have a full base attack bonus and qualify for dual weapon mastery 3, you can remove all penalties. So, is it nerfed or is it enough? Well, full on gamer, um, I guess this is really just my opinion, so we'll get into it. Honestly, man, listen, I mean, I've played a lot of RPGs. I think there was a bit of backlash from Wizards of the Coast last system, okay, for the revised core rule system. And quite frankly, there's been a huge backlash from the way dual wielding happens in D&D, you know, 3.5 and 3rd edition. Um, in both systems, dual wielding munchkinism was, I mean, decried as awful, and at the same time, it was almost perfected into this just perverse art form. Um, so the, a lot of people wanted to move away from that. And in addition of all the conversations going on about this, there's one of the things that few folks talk about during the dual wielding discussions. One of the clear design tenets of this system was to reduce the number of attacks per round that each character could have. Iterative attacks, they're gone. Okay. Again, that KISS principle that I mentioned last episode, you know, the keep it simple, stupid, um, you can see it in action. And when you consider that premise, dual-wielding weapons should be doable, but so hard that to do that it would just make it unpalatable, unless you want to build an entire character concept around it. And like Dave said, if you do, you'll be a badass. Now, now, now in SWSE, dual-weapon wielding isn't a, a method to deliver more sneak attacks or, or better defenses. Dual weapon wielding is actually the goal in its own right. Just the ability to have even regular attacks, multiple attacks per round, is huge. And as such, if you see someone and they're dual wielding effectively, you just know they're a badass, like Django Fett. Um, Especially if they got rapid strike or rapid shot as well. (laughs) So, no, dude, my own opinion, I like it as it is. I think it's it's enough, it's perfect, I'm, I'm glad they nerfed it. It is, in my opinion, a badass ability that not everyone should have access to. But GM Chris, you say? In the movies, everyone dual wields. Everyone's picking up two lightsabers or two guns and blowing away. Okay, well, okay, one, heroes in the movies are badasses. So yeah, that makes sense, all right? 
Now, two, here we get into cinematics versus game mechanics. All right, you know why so many characters dual-wielded in the films? Because it looks freaking cool, all right, from a cinematic perspective. Now, from a gamist perspective, yeah, it's a badass mechanical ability, and yeah, it still looks cool. But it's a devoted character concept due to its power. In my opinion, not everyone should have access to that level of badassery. <laughs> if I want that level of uber character, I'll just pick up Exalted again, okay? <laughs> and I don't want to do that. Please, don't make me do that. My D10s are lonely. I want them to stay that way. Uh, also, I value the speed of this game, guys. And, and I like my rounds moving quickly. And it makes encounters shorter, which gives my group more time to explore and, more importantly to me, roleplay. And also keep in mind, this game has been balanced around an average of one attack per round. If you start house ruling changes to dual weapon, fine, okay, it's your game. But you run the risk of throwing off the proven balance that we all see in this game between attacks, hit points, condition track, and damage threshold. This is why dual weapon fighters are so badass, because they beat the curve. But the curve is designed to be beaten after 11 levels of feats and talents anyway, so that's just their method of doing so. But what the devs have stated before, and what many players just can't seem to wrap their minds around, and I still can't get it, is that the mechanical action in the game doesn't translate one-to-one -to, -one to the cinematic action. When your character makes an attack roll, they're not really just swinging their lightsaber one time. They're parrying, swinging four, five, six, seven times, you know, in six seconds. But mechanically, it's just one attack. Um, by the same token, characters wielding multiple weapons in the films may not be mechanically using them both as dual weapons. They could only be making one attack. You know, maybe it just looks cool for them to have it. Um, you know, the mechanical aspect of badassery is being Darth Maul and actually making multiple attacks. Or being Jango Fett, you know, whose player actually makes two die 20 attacks around. And that's kind of where I see the difference. So, I don't recommend you house rule it. I mean, it's your game. You can if you want, but I think it's just fine the way it is. If you're upset over the fact that, oh, so many characters dual wield, keep in mind there's a difference between the mechanics and the cinematics, and they are what you make them. So, there's my two cents. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. Either way, tell me. Get on the forums at d20radio.com. Call me a pooch, call me a bantha poodoo, call me uh, a <laughs> fodder and munchkin, stupor, duper, nasty, whatever. You guys send me some fun emails with stuff I can't even repeat on the air. And uh, tell me so. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. That's right. And for all of all of you who um, have been gracious as we're wrapping up the show, um, no one flamed us for putting the Google AdWords up there, and they are up there, so yeah. we get paid per click, and we can't advertise the fact in print on the page to click and support us, but there ain't nothing in the terms of service that says we can't do it on podcast. Word. So if you guys will click the hell out of those things, we'll be really happy. It, would, it will really help us with our server bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But beyond that, you know, um, we are going to be adding a new podcast to the D20 yes. Radio lineup. We are in talks with two other podcasts that are existing, D&D podcasts, um, to add their listenership and their add their distinctiveness to our own. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. That was Borg. Oh, my gosh. Very Borg. Um, join us. Die. That's right. Futile. Um, anyway, <laughs> the, the 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 grand scheme of things, and, and it may not be as grandiose as having a D twenty con, but my grand scheme of thing is to start D twenty radio as an actual, real live, internet radio station with streaming. Yeah, streaming. Yep. So we'll have we'll have the four or five podcasts that we wind up having, and they'll stream at different times every day, so you know when to catch it. 
We'll play music. We'll be able to use the Star Wars music now because that'll pay my ass cap and uh, BMI fees so that we can actually use the Star Wars music during our podcast, and I will have paid for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a deal. And so these are all Brave New World, pie in the sky kind of things that your clicks will pay for. Absolutely. But we also want to get your Excuse you? Use the people going to die? Oh, Lord. All right, dude. It's been nice having you. You're never allowed on the show again. <laughs> it was really bad after that clunker, huh? You're out. Hey, guys. Thank you all very much for having me on here. You guys, you guys are awesome. You all are always very positive on all your podcasts. So uh, thank all you guys very much. Hey, you Thank bet, you, you bet. And everybody who wants to flame him for that, Brev515 is his forum name at D20 Radio, so go ahead and flame the crap out of him. <laughs> but that's fantastic. Thank you for coming on, Brev. We yes. really appreciate it. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I so, I so want to have a minis game now. I'm, I'm ready. I know. Hey, you've got all my minis over at your house, too. Yeah, I do. Good luck getting them back. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, And that's just the first the original expansion. And did I ever tell you a story that I was sitting in a gaming shop and I bought like four expansion packs with the box and, and, um, I pulled out the first one. I was like, Hey dude, look at this. It's Yoda out of the very first box. I got Yoda. Yup. And then I don't remember if it was like the fourth pack. I pulled the freaking emperor out of there. Good grief. <laughs> yeah. See you people, you're the type of guy who I don't like playing with. I'll pull out. I'll pull out like Captain Panaka three times. So. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Give me my bodyguard. Oh, hey, I still had to go to eBay to get Vader and all that other stuff. So you know, but you it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I, I haven't really collected much since then. But uh, you're right. We we should sit down and play minis. And and I think you're gonna, Brev. You're gonna join us now that you got the SWSE core book. You're gonna join us in our monthly game. So it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am looking forward to it. I, you're going to have to hope I don't get pwned. Isn't that a word? It's a phrase. Actually, no. We, we don't pwn anymore. We cune. It, you know, we like, cune, yeah. Because Q, Q is one higher than P, so it's it's more powerful. Yeah, it's better. Much better. For some reason, I was thinking that was some sort of noise the body made. So, all right, <laughs> cune. All right. Cune. It's noises Twi'leks make. Oh, oh goodness. Oh, and with that, goodness. we are going so off the air. That's right. Good. <laughs> Gamer Nation, peace, love, and good gaming. Keep them dice rolling. Thank you, Brev. Thank you. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. This is Anakin Skywalker, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, mostly because my mommy won't let me. (laughs) She says we need to save credits for acting lessons. I'll never be a Jedi.